0: Hey everybody, week two of It's the Offseason, and we have no new episodes for you. My name is John, I'm one and a half of United 96. I wanted to bring you another episode from the archives. This time we've got a conversation with Kevin Paredes almost right before he leaves uh, for Germany. So, uh, enjoy that. Enjoy the days when he was prowling the left side of the midfield for DC United. Uh, The good days. Kevin, I hope you find some time on the field, and I hope you heal from your injury really quickly. Vamos. Welcome in, everybody. RFK Refugees. Uh, this is one of like 5,000 episodes we're doing this week. So, thank you for joining. If you're hearing this today on July 13th, that means you're a Patreon. So, thank you for your support. That means that episode came out as soon as we did it. If you're hearing this at a later date, you could have heard it earlier. Uh Patreon.com slash RFK Refugees. You get these episodes as soon as they drop. And this is a busy week and you wanna be you wanna be involved early. So who do we have first on deck? We have Kevin Paredes of DC United, homegrown. Kevin, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: I just said uh, before the show started, you've been on tried and true like I think thirteen <laughs> times. I think you've been on DC UK. So thank you for making your first <laughs> appearance. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Appreciate
0: it. So let's get started. I think that I think that you're this is an important question. This has been percolating for about a week. Big mm-hmm. big couple weeks for you. First MLS goal. First call up the senior team. And first time having your dance moves made fun of by a national podcast. I don't know if you saw it already. The Cooligan <laughs> said after you scored, your moves were like washed. They're already old. They're already dated. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to defend your dance skills and tell Alexis and Christian what's going on.
1: Nah, nah I heard what they said. <laughs> it was a... Uh, it was funny. It was funny, but but to be fair, you know, I got it from Mozy Keen for PSG, and I still think it's tough. So I had to bring it out. I yeah. had to bring it out.
0: I don't think anyone can tell you what to do after you're scoring your first goal. I think that, I think you just get a, you get a pass no matter what. And even if that's the case, if you're getting it from, you know, that's an that's an overseas import. That's that's still that's still fresh. I don't understand what they're talking about. Exactly. That's, they're just they're just wrong. So sorry guys, you missed. <laughs> So let's talk about that goal. Uh, I was in the stands. Uh, we were. I, you know, I can tell you that the person that I was with, were hoping that this was the game you're going to score. You'd you'd come close a lot. I know you're getting frustrated at yourself because mm-hmm. you'd be in the right place. A ball would just sort of squirt out to you at the top of the 18, and maybe you'd snatch at it or it would get saved. And I could just tell mm-hmm. every time it happened, you would just be like,
1: mm-hmm. you, would,
0: you would just pull your hair. Uh, had to feel great to to break that duck and and score a really great goal in in, uh, in front of a home fans. Talk about it
1: yeah like you said, the previous chances I had were chances that I've always came close or scoring to in like in the past in like academy days or or just before just in my career. So those chances that you know I bluffed or uh, mishit were kind of shocking to myself and that's why you see the reactions after after uh you know I had my chance, but this one I knew once i had that opportunity again because i remember i had the exact same opportunity against miami where i put that way over the bar uh similar spot you know similar play and i knew if i ever had that chance again i'm gonna type this one away no matter what and didn't know it was gonna happen that fast into the game uh but my eyes lit up when i saw that ball come across and i was like this is my chance uh and I, I tried to, you know, tap it, you know, maybe bottom corner. But no, you I was not. Just too <laughs> <laughs> I was just way too excited when that, you know, ball came across. And and I skied it in, and I was so excited. I was so happy. Uh, everyone on my team supportive uh, supported me in that, you know, in that moment. Coaches, you know, got me into the right spots to, uh, you know, get some goals going, uh, opportunities. So for me, that was probably the proudest moment and very happy. I got that my first goal out the way, and hopefully many more.
0: Yeah, you celebrated like it was obvious that you. I mean, dance aside, we'll put the dance aside. I think I said on the, I think I said on the podcast that week. It's like you had three different celebrations in one. You had like different <laughs> stations on the field where you're gonna celebrate. <laughs> I love it. And two, like if you think about it, they're gonna show your first goal over and over again. That's just what happens. That's part of your career. Like they're like, oh, let's you know, let's play the first goal. And that's like a night, nice, like you said, you didn't just roll that into the bottom corner. This wasn't a goal from from uh, from six yards out. Just like. A deflection you, you'd be proud of that one that one's that one's <laughs> that one's nice so that's not could have been worse um something we talk about so you were you mentioned uh in the academy before real briefly something we ask all the dc united players who moved through the academy about their time there uh is uh, how how each step prepared them for the one after it and sort of uh what the biggest adjustment was they had to make at each level to be competitive jeremy said last week the big thing is the realization, like I come from my club or wherever, and I'm the best player there. I start every week, everybody passes me the ball, I'm gonna score, I'm gonna do whatever. And then you go, you move a level up, and it's like, all right, I got to prove myself all over again. All these guys are the best players at their club. So talk about as you move through each of those things, and, and uh, where it culminated with with uh, well now with the national team, but just DC United too. Um, talk about talk about each step you took and and what it felt like to have to sort of uh, reprove yourself and, and judge yourself against new levels of peers?
1: Yeah, Jeremy, I think Jeremy got it kind of spot on. You know, uh, my previous club, I felt like I needed a, a challenge. You know, I needed something more. So that's when I joined the academy. And playing with all these players in the DMV was, it was eye-opening for myself because, you know, I'm usually that guy to, you know, get the ball, do some creative score and all this. Now i have, you know, 15 other players that can do the exact same Where or a couple of these players that can actually know what I'm going to do or defend whatever I, you know, produce to them. But it it was, for me, it was, it was a, I want to say a rough, you know, experience, but it was something that I learned a lot from from all these, you know, it, it's funny that you can uh, say you learn from other young players, uh, my age especially. Uh, this is when I was 13, 14. Um, yeah, so I was learning from all these, you know, other young players under the squad. And like he said, you got to prove yourself no matter what to the coaches. If you want to be, you know, amongst the, you know, 18 that can play out of, you know, 30 players in the in the academy team, you had to, you know, you can't take one day off. You can't take one playoff. You can't take one second off. Always, uh, the mentality starts as soon as I leave from school, from, for training. Um, so when I left school, I knew I, it was on it was on fight mode now. It was mm-hmm. like I gotta, when I come to training, I gotta be well prepared. I gotta be, you know, on my best because I want to be on the starting eleven that weekend. Um, which kind of feels like, you know, like to the pro life today. You know, I come to training and I want to be the best. So that kind of, you know, it's good that academy, the academy system, you know, uh, implemented that in my brain early uh, so that I can be prepared for the times now.
0: Yeah, I think that's the big difference between guys who don't make it and guys who do, right? I feel like there's there's talent all over the place. There's talent, of uh, guys who will never make, you'll, you know, you'll never hear of them obviously. They'll just be great. But it's about and Moses talked about it, Griffin's talked about it is like the difference from the academy and you're you're talking about the mentality there too, but like there's no practices or no trainings where you can't go 100%. There's no you you can never give less than everything you have all the time because the the guys around you are paid and they want to stay there. They want to get paid more. They want to move on to the next spot. So there's not. It's not just like, I'm good. I made it. It's fine. This is just a, a week. Middle of weekday practice. But I think that's what that's what separates the people who really excel and, and go to those next levels and then go on from there. Even it's like, it's that realization that uh, this is a profession and every day, every day it's 100. There's no. There's you. you you've, you've not made it yet. No one's ever made <laughs> it yet because there's always somewhere yeah. else to go. Yeah. Exactly speaking of that you had your first national team experience uh, that was that a surprise I, mean, I know that there, there was I remember earlier this year uh, all of you Moses and Donovan came out sort of as a group that was being were being watched so so from the national team the coach uh, uh, Greg was checking you guys out so I'm not sure if it was a surprise but uh what was that experience like is it uh, it feels like it's not been that long since you just signed with the club sort of a world mm-hmm. obviously that the covid year sort of makes it condense even more but like mm-hmm. Talk about talk about the experience. Talk about how you heard about it and what it was like to, to be there and do it. Yeah, uh, I've had
1: conversations with Greg, you know, a while back when I started first playing much more with uh, the first team. Uh, he really wanted me to go to December camp last year, uh, but fortunately, I was hurt, so I missed. He wanted me to go to like at least three of them afterwards, like January camp, the friendlies, the twenty uh, threes. But you know, I was I was uh, I was hurt still, so. Um, and I had to, you know, coming off from a strong start, I kind of felt like this moment was going to happen, you know, sooner or later. Uh, then I got the email uh, asking me and Moses to, you know, join the camp, and I was very excited. I was, I was, I was like, this is the moment I've I've been waiting for, you know, all my life to represent and the country I was born in. Um, and, you know, this, this camp, you know, people would usually, you know, be nervous for the first camp or. Uh, for a next step at least but i felt like uh, i was very comfortable and this is the place where i uh, like i belong and when i was there you know of course i made mistakes uh, of course i was learning but it was it felt like it felt like i belonged you know in that system with greg with all the other players and it's just a matter of me keeping my head down keeping focused keep working hard and i feel like sooner or later my opportunity will come
0: can't imagine a more confidence uh, juicer thing than coming off your first goal <laughs> and a 7-1 <laughs> beat down at Toronto. You're like, and now it's national team camp. So yeah, I'm, this is me. I'm, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. Speak. Well, mm-hmm. I want to go back to the Toronto game real quick. So this is something that I picked up on. Everyone thinks I'm crazy. And I have ima- I'm have imagining that this won't be something you could say. But Griffin's goal, the goal in the 90th minute. So mm-hmm. it was nice. Like, obviously the game was iced at that point. Griffin Griffin was hair on fire cuz he's trying to make a point. He wants to, he wants more playing time. He wants to be on the field. So he scores from no angle. It, fe- it felt like the team was like this this we may have, we may have we may have kicked them a little bit here. This is like I, it feels kind of bad. Like all the rest of the goals everyone else ran basically full field for the celebration. This one like the guys who were around him celebrated but the guys in the midfield were like we're just we're just going to stay over here by the center circle. Did I misread that? Was everybody just as excited? as like, is, is the seventh goal cool? I imagine if the sixth goal is cool, probably the seventh one is. But I just, I'm, I want to, I'm curious if I picked up something there.
1: <laughs>
0: I think, I think it was just
1: we scored so many. I think we're all tired of celebrating. I,
0: you're like no more running. <laughs> We've done this.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, I think we're all <laughs> tired at that point. Uh, I know everyone was excited for Griffin. Maybe they didn't, you know, go up to Griffin and say congratulations or something or celebrate with him. But you know, it was a, it was a long game. It was a long ninety minutes game for some of the players, so uh, some you know some stayed back, you know, just to catch their breath for the last couple of minutes of the game. But yeah, we're like, "I'm gonna get, get some
0: water." We're, we, yeah. we're, we've done this. I, th- talk also too, like obviously that game had some repercussions for Toronto. They fired their coach. Josie Altador is now back in the picture. So a whole bunch of stuff happened after you guys beat snot out of them. Have you been mm-hmm. on that sort of a lopsided result before? Either I'm sure at the and maybe in the academy level, you have, but that what was it like what was that, uh, you guys were just uh i think i said after the they, they score i think they made it they scored to just make it 3-1 but it just seemed like you had removed the soul from their bodies i think that goal was like an accident like i didn't even we weren't even yeah. really trying to score it just sort of happened like we'll take it or whatever <laughs> but what's it like to to know like so early in the game like it's just yours like you're you have they're not there's not putting up a lot of resistance There weren't a lot a lot of hard fouls a couple of players were maybe getting a little a little chippy but like you just have a, you have an opportunity for fun like you just have an opportunity to go out there and just and put it to them what was that would that feel like for you i
1: it felt nice because i haven't felt that you know feeling in a while so having everything click having everyone you know be on the same page uh a fighting mentality as as we were saying um it felt so, so great uh you know i think i you know started it off with the the goal in the first you know, minute 30 or minute 15 in the game and then after that I think everyone was wanting more after that first goal. Uh we came from NYC to C with, you know, one zero up and then, you know, we were all devastated that you know the result happened how it ended. So I think this game was, you know, payback kind of, uh for a missing three points and, you know, it showed from the minute the uh the ref blew the whistle, we were all, you know, engaged, we were all fighting, we were all you know, in tune with the, each other and it it just showed up at the end of the match.
0: The confidence was awesome. And I, I I don't know if you I don't know if you've had an opportunity to watch any of the Spirit games. I was there this weekend covering the Spirit game. Same mentality. Like they came out, North Carolina Courage is like the team or has traditionally been the team. And from the start, they were just like, we're better than this team. Everyone's confident. Everyone's dribbling. And it was the same as this Toronto game. It was just funny watching back to back games just Two teams, you know, United has been where they've been in the standings. The Spirit have been sort of in the middle, and they come out and play, you know, former champion not that long ago in Toronto, and just like this is our house, like we're going to dribble past everybody, and it doesn't matter. It was it was you know fun weekend for DC fans of like the last fourteen days. <laughs> um, as you were coming up, did you play a lot of wingback, or is this is this new for you?
1: This is new for me. Um, I m- mostly, you know, all my career played right wing, or um, before I'd play ten, but. playing this more defensive role Uh, before these you know i turned pro i wasn't much of a defender you know i would maybe sometimes take plays off on defending you know didn't go into tackles didn't go into challenges headers all this and i learned that you know maybe this right wing or or 10 or is not my actual position i don't know i still don't know what my actual position is uh just trying this out this wing back role and to say the least, I love it. Uh, I I love having being a two-way to decide a player, um, one that can having the freedom with uh, coach's tactics system that I can go forward. But also, having the responsibility uh, to drop back and you know, I love the one v one duels going against me. Uh, just being that you know, position is it, it's an interesting one because you know, coach wants me all in the box and then out of nowhere I'm all in our box <laughs> making that long run back you know, making we'll a tackle, making defensive play. So um, I'm starting to like it a lot more. Uh, I'm getting used to, the um, still need, you know, touches and, and tunes into my defensive role, but, you know, that's going to keep coming. The more I play in that role and the more I get assistance from, you know, the our back line or the coaches.
0: It's it's probably easier to learn the 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 like the small elements of defense than it is to learn how to be creative offensively. Like I think that you're coming. I think it's a better attribute to go backwards and learn the wing back position than being a left back. That like we'd love you to get forward and take guys on and cross the ball. And maybe become an offensive threat. So I feel like you're. Uh, and also too, you're looking. I was thinking about the national team and they're always looking for help in that position. So <laughs> your first camp. Uh, you know, this is a new position for you, but as you continue to learn it, like that's uh that's, that bodes well for repeated call-ups and opportunities. Cause that's always, I mean, they're calling Donovan Beasley or, or DeMarcus Beasley up at like 47 years old. So like, clearly, you know, that's, there's some, there's some need in those certain mm-hmm. spots. Um, let's talk about DC United season so far. Uh, the narrative started out, I think being about injuries and Ernan was real tired about talking about injuries. I know <laughs> I saw it. Uh, and getting close, creating chances, but not necessarily converting them and getting the points. Obviously, I think that the two games that you won... This is early on in the season, I don't remember what part, point this is like. The two games you won, you had less expected goals than your opponent, and all. Of, and the games that you had failed to win, you were actually exceeding your opponent's six points. So it, it called into question XG as a stat, I think, at that point, too. Uh, but recent injury news aside, uh, with, some of your, with some of your teammates... Uh, it seems like it's been reversed completely. You're 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 getting national credit for offensive potency of the team, uh, and, and and getting those chances finished. The seven one is obviously uh, fresh on everybody's mind. I think I, I think that helps sort of like the the national like oh actually, I think DC night offense is really good all of a sudden because <laughs> they see that game. But uh, talk you know obviously aside from uh, I know I just read an interview you did uh, with Brian Shredda about sort of feeling really good this season and feeling confident. And and really taking those chances, but overall with the team's performance, what have you seen from a growth perspective? Obviously, New York City FC is a, a valley, Toronto FC is a peak, but overall, right in the middle, where do you where do you see this team at right now? What are you seeing from them? Yeah,
1: yeah, like the beginning, like Coach was saying, you know, we had all those injuries, or maybe we're all not in tune yet to the way he wanted us to play. But through hard work and you know blood, sweat, and tears in those in the training field with uh, Coach. I think we, we grown tremendously in the games that, you know, maybe we lost the growth from the first game to that game was just, you know, something huge for us and things are starting to click now. Um, Even with that NYCUC game that we lost, things were clicking, not the last 15 minutes, but, you know, things in the game were clicking, you know, the Toronto game was definitely clicked. So things are, things that we trained are starting to, you know, work out in game and that, that's really good for us because we don't want to train for nothing. Uh, coach preaches on us that if we train, uh, if we play like we train, we're gonna win a lot of games. And um, we, we're starting to see the results. We're starting to see, you know, our hard work is actually playing off. And I think that you know all the players are in tune with it. And if we keep, you know, sticking to each other, keeping you know positive vibes, positive mindset, I think we're gonna go far in this in this year.
0: What's it like? And I think that this is the case for both of the coaches you've been under, as far as a, a coach that believes in youth and wants to give you, the youth an opportunity. You, you saw playing time uh, last season. Uh, you're seeing it now. Obviously, whenever you're healthy, you're, it looks like you're pretty much in the the eleven. Uh, what's it like for you and the other players to realize, like, if you're if you're here and you're trying hard in training and you're and you're performing in training that you're not going to get buried on the bench necessarily. You're going to get opportunities. Griffin's now Griffin got a good run in these friendlies. He had a really good game in Toronto. Maybe you're going to see him more particularly with Paul, maybe being out, but maybe even being injured longer. But what's the mentality of a young player when you see coaches that are like, yeah, I'm just going to put the best players in the field. It doesn't really matter what your salary was or how long you've been here, but that's, that's how he feels. What, what's that like? Yeah, for me, it's, I, I don't look, you know, into, into that too much. I
1: show up, I, you know, do what's asked. I, Work my ass off for you know the opportunities I get, and then I make sure that well, I, whatever opportunity I get, I don't fumble it. You know, um, it, it, it's hard for you know a kid my age to be in the position that I'm in, and I'm gonna make sure that I I'm representing all the kids out there that want to be in my position that can't, uh, unfortunately. But um, everyone in the team is working hard to achieve one goal: and that's to win playoffs, and I'm I'm part of that team um every every person, every 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 staff member all, we're all in this together so um I think my successes right now is all because of them, I would say.
0: Uh, you mentioned in that same interview about how you had to adjust to your new expectations for fitness, you and everybody else. I think I've now, everybody I've talked to, at least at the beginning of the season, that was like, so what was that beep test like? Like, what was, what was that? <laughs> there was a, there was they, I think Pablo did an article with the athletic that was talking about a meeting that got held afterwards that would like, had everybody's like BMI up on the wall. Uh, I don't know if that actually happened or not, but that sounds, uh, I, I remember saying like, I'm glad they don't do that to podcasters. Like we would, we would not stand up to scrutiny really well, um, <laughs> How's that improved? How has your fitness improved? Like if you had to look at your fitness, your numbers now, if, they, if they're still keeping metrics on a, on, a, on, a, on a weekly basis, where are you at now versus a year ago? Is it is it dramatic or is it, are you still, you're young, so you're probably, you're probably all right anyway, but.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, last year was more, I was more of an, like a two defensive rule, I would say. So I would say the numbers from, you know, a game now uh, to running up and back numerous times, Uh, you know maybe a game last year is like i think it's a big change uh especially coming coming out of a you know a seven month injury i (laughs) that fitness test when i came back was a killer not running not doing anything for seven months was you know took a really toll on me and still does at this moment but um you know i'm Hernan and and, uh, and Nico Frutos made sure that you know when I stepped on the pitch I was ready to go. <laughs> so those those long days of fitness trainings, uh, in the gym sessions, they made sure I was right. And it sucked. I can tell you that it definitely sucked. It was really hard, but uh, I think it all worked out and all. And. Um,
0: it's paying off. Okay. So that that's big from them, right? As far I, I, Fans always look at guys who have been injured and it seems like they should be back by now or whatever it is. Obviously, you don't have an insight into it, but it just seems like mm-hmm. the projection was four weeks, it's been six weeks, whatever. So they're all about making sure that they have the data and the metrics to prove that that player is at 100 or 105% of where they were before, before they get back on the field. Is that, is that, my, is that a good assessment?
1: Yeah, when he told me, because I, I would say like that before I, maybe I was ready, you know, two weeks or three weeks before, but I, I told him like, yeah, I'm ready to come here and you know, tr- and practice with the team and all that. And he told me, no, he was, he said, there's a difference between practice ready and game ready. And I want you to be game ready. And that was kind of shocking to me. I was like, wow, like this guy's, this guy's for real. So, you know, I took that extra two or three weeks and he made sure that, you know, one V one, uh, Individually, me and him, that made sure that my fitness, my you know, my creativity, I still had everything back. And um, so I would, I would say, reason why some some you know players come back later is because he makes sure that once you step back with the full team, you're you're gonna play that weekend or you're gonna be ready for that weekend.
0: And you better not, not like huh? you better not pull up that first week. You better not pull up that first game after you come back <laughs> either. You're Like I'm yeah. fine, no, I'm good, and then cramp, hamstring. Um, exactly. What do you think? So we talked about the play, you know, all the players that you play with and some of them had the opportunities some of them haven't. Um, you're young and you and you and you've had you've had success early here. What do you think sets you apart from other people, other players your age and also just, you know, guys you've played against? What 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 do you bring to the table that makes you stand out? Um hard question to answer say, maybe, but
1: yeah, uh, I I would always say like there's players that might be faster than me, might be more creative than me, might be, you know, hungrier than me, but at the end of the day, I'm going to work my ass off more than any of the other players that I'm going against. And uh, I think that's what separates me from other players. I, I have this thing where, you know, since I was young, I would sacrifice everything to, you know, achieve my goal, which was to one, you know, play professional, per, play for, you know, a professional team. I didn't know it was going to come this quick, this soon, but I knew that if I took sacrifices at a young age um, that, you know, maybe not going out with friends or, you know, doing certain things that, you know, regular teenagers do, regular kids would do. Maybe I I, I thought that if, you know, I set myself apart and most of my friends, maybe I'll I'll one become, you know, a professional athlete myself. And like I said, I didn't know what was coming this soon, but I, I knew that, you know, my hard work my family's hard work that, this was going to happen. I think that's what sets me apart for most kids and most players.
0: It worked out for you. And I think also yeah. that, I think that when you were given that I answer, I was thinking of your, of your last coach. I'm thinking how much Ben Olson would love that answer. I would say, he'd be <laughs> like, yep, that is, that is exactly the right answer. I love it. Um, <laughs> who's been your biggest mentor as you transition to the first team? Obviously now you're, I mean, now you're in the first team. Usually yeah, you're, you're, you're starting usually what, but as you got from, you know, fresh faced, just signed, Hoping for a few minutes, uh, and then sort of transition to here. Who's been, who's been the most helpful to you uh, as a teammate? Uh,
1: I won't say most of the guys, but I'm gonna say for you know for those moments last year, I would say uh, you know Bill Hamid, Chris Adoy, Daniel Fisher, Earl Edwards, all these guys, you know, they really welcomed me, really like took me under the wing, uh, helped me on things that you know maybe I need help on. It didn't even have to be like soccer related stuff. It could be mentally, um, which, you know, it was a big, big thing for me in my mental, you know, thinking, thinking more as a professional, I think more of a, you know, older, older guy than uh, what kids think and stuff like that. Just being in the professional atmosphere, they helped me with that a lot. And then I would say this year, uh, since he's back, you know, Paul, uh, I didn't have, you know, too much time with him last year because of his injury. But this year, I think he really took me under his wing and, you know. Um, he has this, you know, this confidence in me that, you know, not many players do. And so for that, I appreciate it. Um, I'm appreciative of him. Um, and yeah, he just, he's a great guy. He helps me with the soccer piece. And other than that, like we hang out outside of, you know, the pitch, you know, that, that that's just the type of guy he is. So
0: he is the same, leave it all on the field thing that you're, that you're talking about that you have. So that's, that's noticeable. And two, like, you make a good point about the men, the mental side of it and the help you need as a young player. Because like, I think what people don't think about. So you know, I work at my job. I don't work with any seventeen year olds. Like there aren't <laughs> there aren't seventeen and eighteen year olds in my office. So we it's just that's just what it is. So and like the the lifestyle of a professional soccer player is so foreign to everything else that you've done so far. So it is really important to have those guys. That will like be like this is what's expected. Like this is this is like here's professionalism. You're having to learn it real fast, and you got to do it in front of all these people, and then also all the people that you that watch the game and go to the game. So it's so I think that's that's really important to understand from a fan perspective, but also it's it's good as a player to sort of realize that 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 helps needed too, so that you feel like you're you can perform on the field that's the thing that got you there, but you have to know like all the other stuff and off the field stuff and taking care of your body and all that stuff. So that's, that's good that you have mm-hmm. those players to lean on. Mm-hmm. Uh, la- I got two, two more questions for you. I asked this to, to Moses two weeks ago and Jeremy and I like both of their answers, but uh, what player, this is obviously, it's like a stereotypical question, but what player do you model your game a- game after? Um, who do you see yourself as sort of at the, at the next level? Who, who do you aspire to be?
1: So yeah, I just thought about that question yesterday as well. Um. So, grow up, growing up, I would always, you know, you know, model my game as Messi. You know what? What kid would not? Sure. You know, start at the
0: top. Not to Why me. not?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, be like Messi. But you know, starting things to unfold and positioning wise, uh, seeing, watching more. You know, outside backs, wingers. So, uh, right now, I would say, you know, definitely Afonso Davies. Um, I'm, I like uh, the way Bakayo Saka plays. I think you know he's a versatile player like myself. Then. You know, if you throw him anywhere, he's going to give it his all. So uh, those two players, I would say, um, are really, I I really, you know, watch my game around to see, you know, the attacking style of of Fonza Davies. his explosiveness, his creativity, he's on the ball. So I would say those players are, you know, players I look at right now.
0: And he scored a pretty nice goal out of field before he left too. So there's that, he gives that little gift, (laughs) unfortunately for us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got a question from Twitter here. This appears to be somebody from the UK. Uh, he said, "After you've had a long and successful career in Europe, will you come back and will you come back to East United?" Uh, so, I, will you do the Andy Nahar, the Andy Nahar move? Is, is is one that I think fans love. Fans love for their kids to come up through the team, go do their thing off at, at the highest level, but then come back with some in the tank. Andy obviously has got some in the tank, and he's also not even that old. I think people overrate his age. He's he's to me very young uh but yeah where do you want to be like what's your what's your aspiration and uh with your career as far as that goes everybody wants to say europe i will assume same answer yeah i
1: think yeah you know, like you said every kid's dream is to play in the biggest stage and
0: like myself i want to play in the biggest
1: stage one, one day but you know start now it starts performing for this team uh giving my all to the team if that opportunity comes whenever i you know i'll be ready for it and his second question is you know dc's my home so if if I get that opportunity, I pretty much can't say no. We to love it. it.
0: We love we we mm-hmm. would love that for sure. Kevin, <laughs> thanks for joining. You where where can people find you on the internet? Where's where where's your social home?
1: I have everything's the same. You know, K. Perretta's underscore seven. That's, that's all my socials.
0: You got a Twitch yet? I well, you can be like Chucherito and just start like uh, streaming when you got the time, <laughs> just crushing guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I actually thought about you know starting doing some Twitch streams for FIFA and stuff like yes. that. Yes. You know.
0: do that do that and come We'll 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 play we put it on both of our channels you can beat the brakes off me uh just (laughs) beat up an old man on twitch i I know that i know that was a you were you did a tournament too right that happened last year did you win it
1: yeah of course i did
0: yeah so it'll be fun it could be it's i I played a young i played a like a like a young guy in rocket league one time and he beat me but i won't say it was double digits but it was definitely high i was like yep (laughs) old old all right (laughs) Uh, everybody thanks for thanks for joining this episode like I said this is a busy week so uh, enjoy this episode today we'll have Ashley Hatch this week we'll have a preview of the game against Philadelphia make sure you are subscribed make sure that you're supporting the show on Patreon if you want Uh, but again thanks to Kevin Paredes and uh, we'll see you I guess tomorrow vamos